If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back in, everybody, to In-Game Live, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. He's Jared Smith, and we are now turning our attention to baseball. You know, Jared, uh, over the last month, month and a half, we looked at fantasy baseball, right? And we looked at the first baseman. We went around the infield. We were talking about things like, wait a second, does this benefit some of these guys with a universal DH now in the National League, could some of these corner infielders, you know, extend their kind of career, their production for you as a fantasy manager, given the context of this? Now, again, we've been trying to get ahead of week one lines, given the context. But the biggest part of the context in Major League Baseball, and we've discussed this before, Jared, is the idea that this is no longer a marathon. It is a sprint. 60 games over, I believe, something like 66 days. We've talked about this before in terms of very variants of teams, but players are going to be able to give max effort. You know, I'm thinking about starting pitchers who usually pace themselves over 200 innings. We've discussed before some that have innings limits on them that are going to be able to empty the tank later on in this hour. We'll look at the Cy Young Award odds and where, you know, there may be some ways to get ahead of those. I have some ideas, but what we also have been doing is looking at fantasy baseball and we look at the outfielders. There are some big boys there. And so what do you think? Are we going to see some incredible performances by some of these outfielders? We've discussed it before. Is 400 within range? Is it on base percentage in range in the same way that pitch into a sub one ERA may be possible in this condensed season? 100%. And I think here's another part of this equation that I'm starting to formulate some ideas for. Unlike, and I believe we, we hit on this yesterday. Usually you play less than half of your games against your division opponents, 76 games. You are now going to be playing 40 out of 60, two-thirds against your divisional opponents. And we know that the divisional games, the pitchers, the hitters, they know each other better than anyone. And I think you're going to see tightened affairs. I think you actually might see some lower numbers early. I think the pitchers tend to be ahead of the hitters for the first few weeks of the season. And I would not be shocked if that was the case early on. So you might see some wild pitching numbers. I think the hitting numbers, you you could have an outlier or two. I'm not going to rule out a 400 batting average over 60 games. I think it's certainly possible. Uh, But if I had to err on the side of outrageous, extreme circumstances, I would say what you said yesterday about a, you know, a a, a closer, right? like, like a Chapman uh, you know, or yeah. an Edwin Diaz type of performance where you have 17, 18, 19 scoreless innings 
And, you know, all of a yeah. sudden you get yeah, a guy like that. 0.24 ERA with 18 saves, you know, across the season yeah. for a team that makes the playoffs. I, I think that if I had to say, if I had to handicap one or the other, I would say that is more likely than the 400 hitter. I, okay. I, I would say that. Just because I think hitting 400 still is really tough to do, regardless of how many games. Uh, but also, the I do think the pitchers will start out like they normally do. I mean, that's a very normal handicap to make early on in the season. The pitchers tend to be ahead of the hitters. We also have a shortened spring training, that's right. which means it might take even more time for the hitters to get up to speed. And I think I would lean contact over power early. And when we pull up these names, I think there's a few names that pop out in okay. terms of contact over power. And it's an easy handicap. Look at the look at the look at the OBP. Look at the OBP and the batting average. Those right. are the two things that that delineate contact over power. So if you pull up this list right now, a guy like Juan Soto, a guy like Ronald Acuna at the top of the list, not quite to the batting average that a Bellinger or a Trout has. Or Yelich, or even clearly. Yelich. Yeah, Yelich is obviously the guy you really want to target. So, you know, let me counter you because, you know, and we've said this all the time here, Jared, right? You have trends and it's about you, the listener, the viewer, the fan, the better. Um, do you want to you know, take that rationale over the other, right? So you're talking about contact maybe over power. One thing that would be in the category of good for Acuna and Soto, you know, what I think we've seen a lot of is these superstar young players get out of the gate hot over the first 60 games, and then the league adjusts to them. You know, we see that. We saw it last year with a guy, like, let's call it Fernando Tatis Jr. We expect things like this out of Yoan Moncada and, you know, Eloy Jimenez and the Chicago White Sox. You've talked about in the NBA the young players and whether they may be able to handle the family issues better, right? So if I look at the young studs and on this list of the closers outfield one, you know, you love the closer, our closer, Chris Ventra, <laughs> has up his top oh, outfielders. Yeah. And I look at these young studs. I mean, they're all damn young. They're all in their 20s. But when you look at Acuna at age 22, yeah. when you look at what Juan Soto did last year into the World Series even, they are primed to truly ascend, I think. And with the condensed season, with the idea, the concept is always that then the league adjusts to them, but that happens after about 60 games, well, I ain't got more than 60 games. Could a young guy like that get out of the gate blazing hot? And maybe Mike Diamonds in this could be guys like Acuna and Soto. Yeah, Acuna is a guy I've got a very close eye on. I, I really like this Braves lineup. I mean, a this lot. is also the top 12 outfielders in the game. Exactly. So let's exactly. not go crazy here. But listen, we're splitting hairs. Which would you prefer? We're talking. You're in the first round of a fantasy draft. Are you taking Acuna over Yelich? Yes, I am. Well, that's counter to your contact over power theory. It is. I, I think. I think Acuna. I think the upside on Acuna okay. is is higher than Yelich. Um, I, I think when you're I, – I, I would say that contact over power theory applies to more lower-tier players. Okay. Whereas at the top of this board, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't think – I'll take all of them. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think I you can go Mike wrong. Mike Trout is going to have the best lineup he's ever had well, with that, Anthony Well, that's Prince what I'm saying. You know, based on that right theory – make you know, Right. You're 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 looking at Trout lesser than you would a guy like Yelich or Bellinger. And I just don't think I, I would put those players ahead of Mike Trout. So I think the contact over power theory is not a blanket statement. Okay. I think it applies to more players further down on the odds board. I want if you want to call it that, uh, you know, that you might it, over the course of a 60 game season. I think you might get a little more production out of a guy who gets on base more than a guy who just relies on pop, which, you know, can be hot and cold. Let me ask you this. And again, we're talking about the top 12 outfielders, the outfield ones in the game. And so if you want to make an argument for any of these guys to, you know, be your first round pick, I, you know, I understand. Okay. okay. But one of the names on this list that I want to get your thoughts on, Jared, is Mookie Betts. And Mookie Betts yeah. is not on the same team as when we last saw him, right? And in this COVID context, I know we've talked about familiarity as a theme, as a trend, that is not the case with the closers, number five overall outfielder and like maybe number six pick overall. Does, you know, we're, we're saying maybe, we're talking about irrational numbers in this episode of In Game Live. Which way do you go on the idea of Mookie Betts being a first round talent, an MVP candidate that's in a new face and a new place? 
I'll be honest. I'm I'm a little bearish on Mookie. Um, okay. I, I I I think Mookie is. You know, we we say this a lot, and I think it's one of my favorite things to say. Uh, is timing is everything in life, and I think the timing of Mookie's contract situation is very un unfair to him. But that you know, that's just the way it worked out. Was the trade that was made with Boston uh, that brought him and David Price over uh, clearly was done to lighten the load for Boston's salary, you know, situation and kind of, you know, recalibrate the, the, the Red Sox situation. And he was brought to LA under this pretense of, Hey, bust it for one year. And you're yeah. going to be a free agent. Well, now you're under the gun. Now right. let, let's just stack the deck. Condensed. Here the pressure's yeah. on. Yeah. Let, let's, let's stack the deck for Mookie. You're playing oh. in a new division that has a lot of hitters or excuse me, pitchers parks, Petco, the Giants park, yeah. even the Dodgers park, in a sense, is a little bit of a hitter's park when it's the nighttime. Uh, so in the daytime, the ball flies. At night, it doesn't. So I I, I, I caution people and it's high on Mookie. teachers who are going max effort. Yes. It's yes. teams that, that are going at it with three innings at a time and cobbling things together in a, in a unique asterisk kind of way. And to put the cherry on top, in the back of your mind, you're thinking to yourself, I have 60 games to earn a new contract. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. For the team that is supposed to be the runaway favorite in the National League. Not even close. Not even close. There's not even a team in the same stratosphere as them. At least in the American League, Houston is still talent-wise, you know, whether or not you want to argue the, the merit of their talent. But uh, talent-wise is still right there. So I, I think this is – I think the deck is stacked against Mookie. None, none, of his, none of it is his fault. It's just timing and circumstance. But sometimes, you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. I think the opportunity for him is not quite as as easy as it would in Boston, which is, A, a hitter's park, especially for a big right-handed hitter. Not big, but just a, a powerful right-handed hitter like Mookie. His, his size is diminutive, but his bat speaks volumes. Uh, I, and I think it's just one of those years for him where I would not expect to see those type of pro-rated numbers that we've seen in the past from Mookie Betts. Again, that's just my handicap. Uh -huh. He could come out of the gates flying, and he could love the National League West pitchers. He might think to himself, they're just going to give me fastballs until they know better, and by the time they adjust, the season's almost over, and it's too late. So I, 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 it could go either way, but if I had to make a bet on Mookie, I would push him further down on my board uh, in terms of the top outfielders. That makes sense. You know, we a little bit of fading one Dodgers outfielder. Let me make a case in a different direction for another Dodgers outfielder on this list, Cody Bellinger. Okay, I think Cody Bellinger, first of all, you talk about the average power combo. I think he's there. I think when you talk about the Dodgers, right, um, going to have a deep lineup, going to have a big-time offense. And I'm talking about it not only as I believe he should be the better than the number four outfielder. I'd have him over Yelich. I'd have mm. him as my pick, Jared, for the National League MVP award for a team that we believe is going to have one of the best records. He will be in the meat of that order. And when I look at the odds, you were just talking about all the reasons to fade Mookie Betts, yet Mookie Betts is 7-1. Cody Bellinger is 8-1. Okay, all of these guys that we're talking about on the closers list right here, a lot of them are the outfielders in the National League and they are on the board at MVP. So when I see the average power combination that you're talking about, a young player that I'm talking about on a team that is going to, and by all chances with the variants be damned, make the playoffs. And that's where your MVP comes from. Unlike what I think the Brewers may be or Christian Yelich, Acuna, I'll give you. Soto, I'll give you. But for me, at 8-1, to one, I think Cody Bellinger is not only someone who I'd boost up on this list, but someone who I think could be a nice little piece at 9-1 to one for the NL MVP. Can't argue with that. Um, I think a power hitter that gets hot is going to win the MVP, if I had to make a prediction. And a that's what Bellinger can do with that launch angle yes. swing in Chavez Ravine. And remember, though, you talked about at the daytime when it flies. We've also fast-forwarded to the summertime already Correct. when the ball flies. These 60 games will be in the dog days of summer when Bellinger, in 156 games, put up 47 home runs behind, I believe, only Pete Alonso in the National League. I think Bellinger 
for the runaway favorite Dodgers that's not the new face in town Mookie Betts is a very interesting play for it to be his year for what could be the Dodgers year. When we come back on In Game Live, we go a little bit lower in the rankings under this context. Who do we like? Who do we not? It's In Game Live. We'll be here. Hopefully you will be too. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into In Game Live right here on SportsGrid. Dane and Jared looking at the outfielders of Major League Baseball from the standpoint of, listen, these are some big-time contenders for the MVP awards. These are guys on some teams that are true contenders. And we always have the context of fantasy baseball, which bring in the idea of the stats, the ratio stats, and how unique this season will be. We talked about some of the big boys, Jared. Another narrative that unfortunately for a Yankee fan like me has been kicked to the curve by the pandemic is the cheating scandal that took place over the last couple of years involving the Houston Astros. As then I look a little bit lower down on this list, I see a key cog in the Houston Astros offense, their leadoff hitter, George Springer, who, by the way, did you know that he was about to enter his age 30 season? I was surprised to see that. He was one of those kids, remember when they had the Sports Illustrated cover about them winning the World Series? This this is yeah. one of their drafted kids to see that, you know, they've actualized that talent and that he is now a little bit older is a surprise to me. But listen, 39 homers, 96 ribbies, you know, last year at the top of that lineup. But, you know, they're not going to hear the garbage can this year. We've asked her before when it was related to guys like, you know, Correa, guys like Bregman, guys like Altuve, how much... 
are you baking in the scandal when it comes to this Astros offense? That's a good question. I think the scandal is getting to a point where we just want it to end. Is it getting to a point or has it just we've forgotten about I it? I think it's a mix of both. I think it's a mix of both. And I think we get this like I think we get this like this preconceived notion in our head about where we think these teams should be mentally. And then they tend to surprise us in a sense. Whereas as much as me, and it's hard, it's very hard as big of a Yankees fan as I am. And I, I don't hold back my fandoms on this show. Now, am I as big of a Yankees fan now than I was 10 years ago before I started working in sports and really seeing how the sausage was made? Uh, I I become less of a fan of of all my teams over the years. Ironically enough, the only team that I've continued my fandom to be as intense as it was when I was a kid is Penn state. Because there's just this college, you know, allure of the college. You were college. a Penn State fan when you were a kid before you went there? When I was in high school. Okay. Uh, the 2003 season, my senior year in high school with Larry Johnson going off, uh, was one of my favorite, favorite years for them. And then before that with LeVar, uh, the, the, there were some really good years uh, there. And I grew up in the Northern Virginia area, uh, which is, you know, in terms of college football, there's not a lot there. Uh, D, the DC, you know, Maryland gotcha. was, you yeah, know, yeah. It, it, Penn State was one of the prominent Ooh, programs. That, yeah, but yeah, there, I had some, I had a couple friends a that went Beamer to Votech. Ball action when, at yeah, that time. I, I had some friends that went to Votech. I was never in the Votech boat because they didn't have a journalism school. So right. uh, I was always in the Penn. I was, I was a journalism student for my freshman year on. So I, I had always followed programs: Penn State, Northwestern, UNC, <laughs> Arizona State, Wisconsin. Good journalism schools. You know about Cuse? Me and yeah, I, I, didn't, far I didn't get in a new house. If I would have gotten in a new uh, house. I was a big Syracuse fan growing up because my cousin is like my big brother was Syracuse. I don't know what to tell you. Ariel and I made the cut. What do you want me to yeah, say? Yeah, you got hey. Well, I don't think Ariel did make the cut. I think she she went to Penn State first. She had to get in a new house later. Well, she she made that decision. This route. She made a business. Your decision. boy Speed's statistician made the cut. That's the side. <laughs> um, so George Springer though, are the garbage cans gonna matter? Are the garbage cans gonna matter? I don't think so. I I, I don't think so. I think that. I think this is one of those situations where you're right. We as fans remember, and we will remember, but I think the players have more things, bigger and better things to worry about right now. And I don't think it's going to factor into the equation at all in this baseball season. If we do get fans back later, then it could rear its ugly head on the road for these teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just don't see that issue being top of mind. With all the other issues happening, I think the Astros have other things on their mind. I, I really do. And, and I, go ahead. I was going to say, another thing the Astros have on their mind is the damn emergence of Jordan Alvarez yeah. as an outfielder who makes his way at number 11 on the closers list. Now, every year, right? Like last year, I would say it was Juan Soto. Right, an uh, absolutely young kid who developed into a potential MVP candidate. Well, Jordan Alvarez, at only age 23, in only 87 games last year, Jared hit 27 home runs. Oh yeah, also hit 313. Talk about a pace for home runs now in the middle of this Astros lineup, right? You know what they are capable of. Alvarez was out of control last year. And what about the idea? I mentioned it earlier in the hour, the young kid getting hot before the league adjusts to them. Would a guy like Alvarez, but at this level in playing fantasy, for example, you're going to have to take a stand on him because you're only going to have one opportunity to grab him. You're going to have an opportunity to grab him very early on or else you're passing. Are you going to like believe in a breakout and target Jordan Alvarez as, you know, top 35 overall? The home run numbers for Alvarez are so off the charts. 27 homers in 87 games. To put that in perspective, that's the highest ratio by a mile. That is almost one home run every three games. Uh, that is remarkable. And I think if so I had to, I, I, I would I would fade that just because mm-hmm. it's at such a high okay. clip. The, the, the odds of him repeating that ratio in but a 60 But the variance is here. And in 60 games, this is exactly the kind of stretch we've been envisioning that someone's going to be able to do. I, I think Houston's lineup is certainly conducive to a player like that going off. Okay. I, I'm I'm fading Altuve this year. I'm probably fading Springer. Uh, 
I say Alvarez and Bregman are the two guys I would I would target in the Astros lineup because I just think they're the most steadiest of bats in terms of their their upside. So Altuve, I think, is about as steady Eddie as it goes. Yeah. He's not a guy that I'd be targeting in a variance season. Steady Eddie is not what I'm looking for. You're right. Hey, I'm looking for light. I'm looking for lightning in a bottle. I'm looking for lightning in a bottle. It's a DFS tournament. It's a DFS tournament. I'm trying to find the lowest player on this list with the highest upside. And I would absolutely look at Alvarez as a guy. I think there's a couple guys further down on the list. In fact, there's one guy in the next year. I know uh, where you're going. Yeah, you already know. Uh, it's the dude with the four-lettered first name, and I ain't talking he about ain't Chris. Don't worry about it. We've been talking <laughs> about that team. Uh, yeah, and and I, I think they're another team. In fact, we did a a segment on Friday on uh, TMA where FanDuel tweeted out like the MLB odds boards, and they did it in columns, mm. like column one, column two, column three. And I basically told the viewers, don't even look at column one. Don't even look at column right. one. You're right. not going to find the value there. Those teams are going to have those numbers for most of the season. What column were my angels in, Jared? A column two. There, there were spank, right spank in the middle, column two. There were three teams in column two that I looked at. Reds, Angels, White Sox. Those were the three that I really thought you could capture a big forward momentum in terms of their 30-ish to one, a 33, 30, somewhere in that range, yeah. they could legitimately cut that in half in two weeks. You know, they start out 10 and four, 10 and 10, you know, 11 and three. All of a sudden, 33 to one is 15 to one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same and, and that happens when Otani goes seven and hits a homer in the same game early for the Angels. 100%. <laughs> and, and, and that's where I'm looking to strike. And I think if you take that logic, and you extrapolate it into the individual player vein, you're right. not looking to really strike it rich right. for the guy at the top of this list. You're looking to find value down. And, and you know, our guy, the closer's got your down at 11. I, I can make a case for him being a top six outfielder if sure. he has that kind of silver star, silver streak kind yep. of start <clears throat> that just hot. blows people away. You know, he has that kind of pop. And that's the kind of... It's you know it's it's very high risk but obviously high reward and and I think that is the kind of player I'm looking to target in this type of season. I think Alvarez does fit that bill. I myself am fading him, not fading him, but I just I, I'm not that bullish on him. He won't be on your teams, right? Yeah, because I think his numbers were so good last year that it it just I, I just can't see him repeating yeah. that. And but I, I'll I'll preface it with this: is an interesting thing. I promise you, there's a player towards the bottom of this list, we'll get to the OF2 rankings in a moment, that pops themselves into OF1 category very early on. Yeah, someone between 13 and 24 that shows out to be in the top Top 12. Absolutely. I'm looking at the same level you're looking at. I see a chunk of four guys on the closers' rankings that I am very, very intrigued by for different reasons. One is Charlie Blackman, who, by the way, tested positive for COVID, one of the highest uh, kind of profile baseball players we have heard of so far. The closer has him coming in at number 15 overall. You know, Coors Field, I wonder what it's like. It's in the Mm. summertime without fans. Remember that Major League Baseball can relocate a franchise. You don't want to get relocated away from Coors Field. You know, (laughs) and also right in this group, two guys who if the season started in late March, early April, like they were supposed to, they would not have been ready in Aaron Judge and Tommy Pham. Mm. Okay, Tommy Pham getting traded to the San Diego Padres. Again, another new face. We were talking about this with Mookie Betts. I think the Padres are a very interesting team. I think the arrow is on the way up for them. Mm-hmm. I don't think they get all the way there this year. But uh, remember the Padres, because I am going to take a stand a little bit later on in the show in a different conversation on a member of the Padres. Um, Aaron Judge wouldn't have been ready for opening day. He looks like he's good to go now. But these are all sandwiching the name you want to talk about, Jared. And that's number 16 for the closer, Eloy Jimenez, the 23-year-old potential phenom. Like I said, a kid who can get hot out of the gates where the league could not adjust to him. Think about Fernando Tatis. That division they play in, that's a handicap too. We talked about the Central. The Central is just up for grabs. 
I mean, yeah. I think I think the Central is hands down the weakest of the three. And again, I'm not talking about the American League Central. Pitching, a lot of games against bad pitching in an unproportionate percent. Think about this. Think about the best teams in the National League Central and the best teams in the American League Central, and then compare them to the best teams in the in the West and East. It, it's almost like it's a it's like relegation almost. I mean, it it, it really is remarkable. Uh, the gap between those divisions. You have potential World Series contenders littered at the top of the East and the top of the West. The Central, you're hard-pressed to, to find a World Series contender. You really are. That's why I remember, again, it didn't come in, but remember when we thought the Braves and the Pirates were changing divisions? Yeah. I, like, yeah. oh, my goodness, run to the window. Yeah. On the so not quite as so, – so if anything, it makes the, the Central even easier because the Pirates are still in it. And right, but it, what I'm it, saying, if we thought the Braves were in there, we thought the Braves looked good yeah. in that division. And not so much as much anymore, yeah. And that's ultimately not going to be the case, but a lot of people are on the White Sox as a potential yeah. breakout. Uh, we talked about Yoan Moncada. We're now Eloy Jimenez in the same way. We like some of their young pitching studs. We continue the outfield conversation when we come back. You can go down on the closers list inside the top 24. Remember, your outfield one and your outfield field two for fantasy baseball there's a couple of other names i want to look at we'll do that with my guy jared smith when we come back it is in game live giving you the edge you're on sports grid come on back after this sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid.
Welcome back to In Game Live here on a summertime Sunday. It is Jared. It is Dane. We can wear white now if we want to, Jared. I don't know how excited you are about that. You know, I got those little of, sweat marks there. I might stay away from the white for a little bit. Gingham pants that I break out into the summertime, you know, uh, chilling atmosphere. But I don't know, you know, because it's not a socially distant kind of thing. People want to get near me when they see me in the gingham pants. But onward we go. We're talking about the outfielders here in the fantasy baseball context and also the context of potential MVP sleepers out here. I already yeah. gave you one of mine in the National League. I don't know if it's a sleeper, but 9-1, I like me some Cody. As I go down this list some more, you know, you talk about injuries. I mentioned Aaron Judge, someone who was not supposed to be ready for opening day, but will be now. Another bopper in the New York Yankees lineup that, like, you know, you can tell me a wide range of outcomes on Giancarlo Stanton, and I believe you, okay? Um, sometimes he likes to drop the mic, literally and proverbially, at the plate, but I don't know about his availability. Mm. However, he's healthy now, and they've got 60 games to get him through. So could he not be someone that... Rides a healthy hot streak, literally to the tune of AL MVP, literally to top five numbers. Well, I'll say this. Why not? Uh, I'll say this about Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, great article on MLB.com uh, by Matt Kelly that was posted yesterday, where he recaps the best performances over a 60-game stretch. And guess who has the most home runs over a 60-game stretch in the last decade? I guess it's going to be Giancarlo Stanton. I would have loved for it to have been Aaron Judge, but <laughs> Giancarlo Stanton. It is. Uh, in 2017, uh, when Giancarlo was basically just destroying the National League. I'm in New York in a lineup that they can't pitch around him if he is healthy, right? If you give me 60 games of him available and healthy. There is what? no doubt in my mind. If you look at this list on the outfield too, and, yeah. and again, it's a very tough list to make, so you know, give give the closer some credit for Absolutely. trying to put his best foot forward because it's we're tough. dealing just like us on the handicapping side. We're dealing with so many uncertainties. But if you were going to look at this list and say, all right, there's one bat that arguably has been the best bat in any lineup over the last eight at years, this level, right? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's won the MVP. He's hit what 59, 60 home runs in a yeah, season. Uh, yeah, it, it, there's, there's, there's no limits to what this. Oh, he's gonna have do. Judge, Sanchez, LeMahieu, Glaber in that lineup. It's not like people. He's the forgotten man in he the is. Yankees lineup, Jerry. And I was at the game. So last year, I was at the game where he came back, hit the home run, and then slid into third and hurt himself right. again. Right. And you know, those are the types of performances that have absolutely summed up John Carlos to yeah, it's his narrative. I'm going to go deep and make everybody think I'm the best hitter on the planet. And then I'm going to slide into third in a very innocent play, leave the game randomly and then never come back. So I, I, I definitely find, I definitely find a little solace uh, in seeing him at the bottom of this list, because I do think that is a value play for me. And yeah, if you're going to ask guys, right? hundred percent all the way. Here's my exhibit a, Absolutely. Giancarlo could absolutely lead the league in home runs this season, or he right. could play five games and we'll never see him again. Right. I mean, it, it, it's that volatile of a situation for him. And I, I want to be the AL MVP. Jared. 30 I, to one. I, I think it's worth the sprinkle. So I'm looking at this board right now and I'm looking at guys in front of him, and I'm looking at a guy like, I don't know, Jose Ramirez where, you know, Josh Donaldson, you know, like I, I, I know those guys can get hot at any moment, but you can't hold you, you and even DJ LeMay, who's on his own team, I, I there's not an argument to be made that this guy can't get the can't be the hottest bat on the planet for three, four, five weeks. Right. I mean, I, I absolutely could could make that argument. And I, I would be shocked, shocked if he plays 60 games, right. but if he plays 50. He's going to be near the top of the leader in home runs. In the, in the middle American of this League. Yankees lineup, right? My same argument for Bellinger, right? Because here's the thing. You and I both know, ultimately, we talk about, like, you say it's a non-quarterback award, right, for the MVP. Yeah. Ultimately, this is going to go to a team that's a division winner, that's a big-time team, right? So if I want to get a little bit of... Uh, a slice of advantage, right? I'm looking at the Dodgers. I'm looking at the Yankees. I'm looking at these teams. And when they have ready-made comeback stories like this, I'm all on it. The idea that Stanton is healthy 
Mm. He's been resting and rehabbing for this part of the season. I think this side of Albert Pujols, there's nobody else that I'm excited about to actually manage through a 60-game season, and the upside is undeniable. 100%. Uh, I, I think Stanton I think Stanton is probably <laughs> – Venture's messaging us now. Don't be afraid to bash him. Don't worry, Venture. If I want to bash your brother, I don't need permission. I'll just go ahead and, 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 and shred these totals. But I think you did a good job because I do think Stanton is one of those guys that you can't put at the top of the list. Because what do you say? What What's your favorite Herman Edwards quote? The greatest ability is availability. Well, well I, that's second to hello. Yeah. But that's- <laughs> you play to win the game. <laughs> oh, I miss Herman. Uh, all right. So uh, aside from our Herman Edwards aside, uh, I, I, I do think Giancarlo is perfectly placed on this list because I think we are trying to find that intersection of availability and, yeah. and potential. But in a 60-game season, availability, when we're all now starting from what's supposed to be the best shape of our lives, it's a different calculation. It's it's not only a different calculation, but what do we say say about the variables all adding up and equaling what the end result is? This is going to have to come up seven for someone to win this award, right? Yeah. It's going to be whoever's streaky. Someone's going to have to play very poorly at the top of this list in order to get a guy like Stanton into the top five, you know, of the MVP vote. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I don't think, you know, look, look at the American League. Trout, Betts, really, there's not a whole lot else. I mean, you know, I, I could Trout, see Stanton. The AL MVP is Trout, Judge, Lindor, Bregman, Rendon, and Chapman. Two angels in the top five, by the way. One good, one good week. Two good weeks for Stanton where he bops five, six, seven homers. All of a sudden, he's in the top five right Right. there, just like that. Right. That's the way it can happen. I believe that is very, very interesting. And there you have anybody else on this list who you want to kind of be higher or lower on? Let's take a look. Uh, I have the Stanton at this level. I'm intrigued. You Listen, I'm intrigued by a guy like Reese Hoskins, and here's why. With the universal DH in – in the National League, he's the kind of guy, in my opinion, who's going to get a lot more appearances, production, even when throw they give Tommy him the Fam up there job. too. Then, if that's yeah. the case, sure. Th- throw a guy like Tommy Pham, who clearly is kind of a, one of those corner outfield spots, getting up there in age, probably could use a few days off here at the DH spot. Uh, I, I agree with that assessment. I, I, I think National League, uh, National League names. I think you have to add, like a a tenth of a percent, uh, you know, whatever, a one percent. Exactly, off. because you would think that they're going to get more time off and they'll be a little bit fresher uh, throughout the long haul. But again, the long haul is a weird, weird thing this year. The long haul is a strange word this year because still, 60 games is still it's still a lot of games. It's not yeah. like they're playing a week and they're done. Right. It's not a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a 10K. It, it's, yeah, it, it's, yeah, exactly. It's almost like if you take Usain Bolt and you make him go the you full lap. You gotta train for it still. It's not just running down the block on a race, right. but it's not a marathon. There are no. some that can wake up and put forth a great 5 or 10K. And, and Stanton, to me, is That's a right. very intriguing name. I, I think Stanton, I, I think Stanton, if I'm looking, and again, if we move away from the, the fantasy and we yeah, go back MVP into the betting yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and we look at this MVP, Stanton to me is in that sweet spot. And and actually, this is another argument. We can carry this over the next segment if you want. The other argument is where do the starting pitchers fall here? Imagine Garrett Cole throws up five, six, seven starts of one run, eight innings. It, it, all of a sudden, is right. he an MVP candidate? We haven't seen an MVP pitcher in a very was long time, time. Very long time. Very long so, time. And, and we mentioned though. it with the Cy Young and closers. Do you use that same correlation for starting pitchers in the MVP race? Obviously, you wouldn't correlate closers in the MVP race. But I think a starting pitcher could certainly peek his head up. We've seen Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom at least make a case. But I don't think they quite put those numbers in because over the long haul, they just didn't start enough games. Whereas maybe if you take that percentage and lessen it, especially, and I'll tell you what, the most fascinating thing here, give me the last two weeks of this season. What's like, what's the mindset? Because it's not going to be like any other September where usually it's out of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's going to be in it on September 1st. The whole league will be in it. 
That's what we said yesterday. I believe it. We will look not only to the AL MVP and LMVP, but the Cy Young Awards as well in our next segment. I believe in pitching, and we've talked about this before. The condensed season could really matter. You know, whether it's you know the relief pitcher argument, the kid argument, we'll make our case there. To clarify, Jared. Clayton Kershaw won the MVP in 2014 with the Dodgers. Justin Verlander won the AL MVP, but when he was with the Tigers in 2011, then you had to go back all the way to a closer. Dennis Eckersley won it for the A's in 1992, back to Clemens in 86, uh, a couple of others in the 80s, even Raleigh Fingers back in the day. So it is possible. I think you bring up a great point. I was thinking more about the variants at play in uh, the Cy Young Award, mm. and I think there's two ways to play it. Let me give you my theories first. One I've shared with you already, there can be a dominant stretch of a relief pitcher for, you know, say the Yankees, the Aroldis Chapman kind of case sure. that is only going to go, what, Jared? His whole season maybe 36 innings pitched. Yeah. And could he literally pitch to a zero, zero. RA? And if he winds up with 20-something saves for a team with the best record in the American League, is that live? I also believe this young kid idea is live, Jared. You know there are pitchers that have innings limits. You know there's pitchers that start off the year incredibly hot or get called up midseason and go through stretches of six, seven, ten starts where they are incredibly hot. I have a couple of cases to make in the Cy Young conversation that I want to bounce off you when we come back. And also, you're taking it a step further. Could a pitcher be an MVP in the same way? Could a closer be a Cy Young? We've looked at our closers list of outfielders. When we come back, we look at some of these pitchers. What does that mean in a condensed season? We've talked about 400 being a batting average. We've seen the batting average leaders of the last five years. Now we'll look at the ERA leaders of the last five years could we see a zero era what does this look like on the pitching side that is how jared and i will close out another edition of in game live i'll be here jared will be here hopefully you will be too when we come back we look at some of the pitching in this condensed season giving you the edge right here on in game live SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to In Game Live, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. I'm Dane. He's Jared. And here's the thing. You know, we're looking at getting ahead of this variance condensed season. The idea of the case of Giancarlo Stanton, mm. I think, is very interesting. On the pitcher's side, I got a case to make here, Jared. I want, you know, I like to Bring think it. through with the conglomerate, see how crazy I am. Every year, Jared, there are guys that start – like on fire, you know, no one's ever seen their stuff before. You know what I mean? And then then in the dog days of summer, they start to fall off. Okay. Last year, I'm going to give you an example. A guy last year, and remember I said I was going to bring back the San Diego Padres. Mm. Chris Paddock is a guy who fit this last year, in my opinion. Okay. I've got his game by game stuff going on after 10 starts. Chris Paddock, had a 1.93 ERA and a 0.76 whip. Wow. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? This kind of pure fireballing young stud where his first time through the league or whatever before the adjustment is made is blowing people away. And literally, that's what I'm talking about. The Paddock case study, right? 1.93, 0.76 whip. That's the kind of stats it's going to take. I'm not saying Paddock does that again, right? But he's 27 to 1 to win this Cy Young. And the American League, a guy like that, I don't know if you remember him because he only pitched in relief, okay, for uh, the Oakland A's. But my guy Ventra is going to tell us right now, oh, baby, I bet I, I'm on him. Jesus Lizardo pitched to a ridiculous. Yeah. You know, performance, albeit truncated, but that's the same kind of young power arm fireballer that's going to say for maybe 10 starts. Right, Jared? That's all it is. 10 starts. Come on, try and hit this. And I think those kinds of guys are worth a look in this market. I certainly agree. Uh, I I would say a guy like Giolito on the White Sox is another name that I would put on that list. Uh, I, I, I think he's a he's someone who has just enough experience to, to be effective and to understand what's going on, but just enough youth to not care about his right. arm and, and just fireball. Right. Uh, Sean and I is another one with the A's. I would definitely put on Frankie that list Montas as well. On the A's as yeah. well. These young, yeah. So that's, that's my theory, right? Yeah. We teach you how to it fit. It's good. We're teaching it you is. how to fish here. So right? I'm looking at the top of the board right now. Verlander, you know, who's put on 675 yeah. innings on his arm at the age of 38 in the last three years when he playoff stuff, right? Cole, sure, but that's plus 280. Is that value? I'm looking at some of these kids. You know, another guy who was not available for opening day when it was in late March, early April, who's on a team that we think could be contending. That's another one of these young kids that pitches the great stats is Mike Clevenger of the Cleveland Indians. I mean, he's in that nine to one level. Maybe you want to go deeper on the board here, but I'll throw you you one more. How about this? How about Barrios from the twins? That's another mid tier guy with a big arm who can just come out the gate and fire away. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of guy, you know, Talkative Blake Snell comes to mind as well. Here's who I'd throw out. I'd throw out Cole Verlander Verlander and probably, I don't know, I'd keep Snell in there, but I'm not that high on Snell. I'd probably throw out Kluber. I'd probably throw out Lance Lynn. And just be nowhere on my card. Yeah, just because of numbers purposes and because of the uncertainty with how he's going to pitch, I'd also probably throw out Otani because I just don't see him winning the Cy Young. 
I, I, I just don't see him winning the Cy Young. My Angels bet looks real good if he does. I'll tell if, you that. If he wins the Cy Young, you're gonna you're, you're gonna win some money on that Angels bet. I yeah, think that's a but, fair statement to make. Uh, let's 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 look at it from from the thesis though, right? These young kids who can with sure. their power arms. You mentioned Giolito and Kopech as well. My guy Lazardo is sixty to one though. That's a big number. Uh, and the kind of electricity that I know he can bring is very interesting. But a guy like Dylan Bundy who changed teams this season and changed leagues or changed divisions, excuse me, uh, from Baltimore to the Angels. Speaking of the Angels. Yeah, I mean, that's another young kid. Big arm as well. Yeah. All right. No, so I, I think I, I would look. I, I absolutely would, and and you know this just as well as me. When you're trying to when you're trying to win money on the ponies, you throw out the favorite, and that's the right. way to make money. So I think that's the I think that's the strategy here for the AL Cy Young. You throw out Cole and Verlander, and you try to so make you know, your best guess for the rest. Right. Yeah. So let's turn that attention. Do you have another theory though? The reliever theory you've talked about, right? Are we seeing anywhere like is Chapman? He, he's 70 to one on 70 this list. 70 to one. I, I think he's the first reliever on the board. That's a good point. Venture says Carlos Martinez in a comeback year for the Cardinals. That's not a bad number either. Uh, he's pretty far down on this list. I think I see him. Is he even on this list? Wow. I don't even know if I see him on this list. All right. Fair enough. But like that closer idea we have to mention, right? Yeah. Let's take PC. Are there any other leanings or angles? Okay. Because I'm giving you the closer angle. I'm giving you the young kid power arm. Luis Castillo. Castillo and Bueller. Those are the two that pop out in the National League. National League. Those are the young guns that throw absolute Bueller. What about a Jack Flaherty? Yeah, I I don't mind. I can can make a case for Flaherty. If if you make a case for Bueller, you got to make a case for Flaherty. Honestly, I, I think Castillo actually is the best number on this board because I think he's got better stuff than any of these guys in terms of absolute gas. Like, like, he throws that. the hardest out of any of these guys, I think. So, I, I, if you want a guy that's going to come in and just light the world on fire for three or four weeks, yeah, Luis I, I can see Castillo just letting the big dog eat and just blowing people away, especially if he's only pitching four or five innings. And that's the other handicap here, Dane. The right. other handicap here is, do you give nine. preference to guys that go 6-7 compared to and guys that maybe come out of the gate, throw three or four know. innings like the Braves? The Braves starters apparently are only going to go three innings. And that's what you, I wanted to ask you. Soroka and Freed, both. On this list, 27 and 30 to 1, we expect the Braves to be a playoff team, right? So in the same theory that we're looking at Dodgers, we're looking at Yankees, Soroka and Freed are at the same level as my guy Chris Paddock. That's that 27, 30 to 1. I know that's the kind of range you like to be in with this kind of futures bet, Jared. 100%. And I I, I would say if I was giving out a bet right now, Castillo would be tops on my list. I like Theo. Yeah, I like I, also to blow him away. There's not a lot of value there, but he's ascending with the Dodgers. You know, the funny part is DeGrom is the back-to-back Cy Young winner, right? Uh-huh. And it's just hard at 350. Can he put forth a ridiculous stretch? Uh-huh. There have been stretches like that where in 11 games, he pitches to a sub-1 ERA, and then the Mets go 2-8 in that stretch, but I digress. I'm, you know, I'm, so, I'm so off. I'm so off with the... I, I just... I there, there, there has to be... There has to be that law of diminishing returns at some Progression point. Progression right? at some point, right? He has he to have a great year and pitch to a 2.3 ERA and be light years where he's been from the last two years. And he can still have a very good all-star caliber year. Yeah, and just not even be close to being right. the Cy Young award winner. Uh, I, I think this is a very intriguing list. Honestly, Castillo really jumps out to me. What I, about I might be Aaron play- Nola at 18-1? to 1? Aaron Nola is interesting. Act- Here, here's, here's my fade on Nola. So Nola is in the toughest division, hands down. Not even close. And he's got to face all of these great hitting teams, including the American the League. That division title. Then, then, he's, the then, he's, then he's in there. Then he's in right. there. That's, an also a re- that's a really good Phillies rotation. Nola, Wheeler, Arietta. I, I, I think the Phillies are a sleeper team. Uh, I, I would be shocked. I would be shocked. And, and I actually was shocked, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, look at the futures board. How are the Mets that far ahead of the Phillies on the futures board? I, I don't understand how the Phillies are not ahead of the Mets on the futures board. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, think about what the Phillies did in the offseason. Uh, Didi Gregorius, who's probably going to be one of the most fan-favorite guys in Philly. I'm looking you at the NL at least, right? The Mets are 11-1 to to win the NL. The Phillies are 13-1. to Like, they're in the same, they're in yeah, the same but, tier. Yeah, but how are they not ahead? Of, I mean, how are the— 
In what world do the Phillies not finish with a better record than the Mets? Well, I like they the, have the Phillies personally. They have the best. I'll make a bet with you right now. The Phillies have more wins than the Mets this season. They have a. They have a. They have an absolute stud DH guy in Reese Hoskins. I mean, he's like the perfect DH. Yeah, wait, wait. Cespedes is the perfect DH. But is he healthy? Yes. He's okay. one of those guys that are back now. Okay. That, that is my handicap of Ioannis, is that he will not play six games. Right in that role. I hear you. Listen, I, I believe this NL East is going to be very intriguing. It to is. To be honest, I think, the, I think the World Series defending champs may be the fourth best team in that division. You know, we like Atlanta. We... You know, as you hear us doing right now, reasonable people can make cases for the Phillies and the Mets. And then there's the Nationals as well. What do you think about them playing the AL East a bunch? Because, you know, they're going to get fat off not only the Marlins, but off the Orioles as well. Not, you know, Toronto, we don't know, although that's another kind of team with kids that can get hot. Really interestingly, the Toronto Blue Jays could be a variance team as well. But what do you think about this NL East? NL East is, I think, the best division in baseball. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it's not even close, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I, I think there's four teams in that division that are World Series contenders, or at least in the shortened season, can at least make a case for a World Series contention. Uh, I, I do think the Phillies are undervalued at this spot. I think the Phillies could win this division, and the fact that they're fourth on the odds board in the division I think is an, under, is an undersell. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Joe Girardi. I think he is about as steady of a hand as you can ask for in a city that has not had a steady hand at the managerial position for quite some time. Yeah. I mean, goodness gracious, how big of a disaster was Gabe Kapler? Uh, and I think overall, this is a Phillies team that has a lot of elite talent that might be slightly over the hill on the pitching yeah. mound. Arietta Wheeler is back and healthy now. He's another guy that would have missed opening day. And how but about we'll Bryce be... Harper, who's kind of yeah. undervalued, and Andrew McCutcheon. This bringing is a really good outfield. Bringing in Didi Gregorius yeah. in the offseason. Um, how are they ahead of the Mets on the odds board? Listen, I know the Mets have a lot of talent, but the Phillies are stacked. Hey, listen, I believe there are four teams in the NL East that are contenders like you do in, in a condensed 60-game season. When you talk about, especially if this is the stacked division, Jared, their record against each other is going to decide this division, right? And then you talk about the Mets. Maybe they have an edge with, you know, obviously DeGrom. And then again, Stroman, I think, was very hot for yeah. them. And then bring it But full no Cinderguard. So they're yeah. a little thin on the on the mound. I would say I'm the Mets are slightly thinner on the mound than people think. We've only got 30 seconds left. And so to bring it all the way full circle, ironically, I'll go here. The Philadelphia Phillies, as Joe Girardi said, had like five players just test positive for COVID. So that means who the hell knows. And right, that's been the moral of this story. And especially when there are four teams in a division that could be competitive, it may be something as simple as that. If Aaron Nola misses three starts because of COVID, well, that'll certainly move the needle in this division. That'll about do it for us. It is another edition of In-Game Live. You know, Jared, we've had so much news, right? We're excited. The leagues are going to go down. Imagine what we're going to know by next weekend. We're going to know more players coming into the bubble. We're going to know more players opting out. We're going to know, unfortunately, more cases of positive coronavirus. And we're going to be only days away from the MLS is back tournament. Going mm. on, we'll look into that. We'll get the closers ranks for starting pitchers next week as well. All that and more. Keep it locked to get the edge here on SportsGrid. For my man, Jared Smith, I am merely the spitting statistician, stable genius and vocal minority, Dane Martinez. This has been another weekend edition of in-game live. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next weekend. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.